Our young students and our young children look to us to interpret the world for them, especially during out-of-the-ordinary times like the ones in which we are all living with the COVID-19 pandemic. Young children will not ask for our thoughts or about our feelings, but they will be picking up on what we are communicating, even and sometimes especially without words, which is why I was so glad to welcome back Nick Terones to share some of his valuable insights about the importance of communication that honors children's innately sensitive perceptions about all that's going on in the world around them. Nick makes it abundantly clear in this conversation why it is crucial that we prioritize clear, honest, factual, uncomplicated explanations that are genuinely respectful of kids' intelligence and their perpetually alert awareness, as well as their need for us to be fully present with them during those kinds of conversations that sometimes feel like they require deep emotional courage to do right for their best advantage. Nick gives us a good example, too, and we share some laughs as well. Thank you for being here. Nick, after our conversation about rough and tumble, you uh, came up with the wonderful idea that we should be having a conversation for parents and educators about communicating with the young children and with their families about this very unusual time that we're in right now. And I would love to hear your thoughts, how you communicate with kids, how you communicate with educators, how you communicate with parents. But most of all, I love the respect with which you communicate with kids. So I know you'll emphasize on that as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, thank you. and again, thank you for, you know, allowing me to speak on this with you again. And um, oh. yeah, you know, I think the first, uh, because I have, we're all in this situation together, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of where you're at in the world, like none of us have been through this, um, this COVID-19. We're all, we're all learning on the, in the process of it all. And, and, and I think what history tells us is that, that we'll be able to prevail and, you know, we'll really be able to prevail because we're leaning on each other and we're, we're learning from one another and we're really, um, really embracing relationships. And I think that's what, if anything, that's one of the silver linings that's really coming out of this is this idea of strengthening relationships and, and developing new ones. And, you know, like many people, I've had a lot of time on my hands to, to read books and to go through things. And one of the, um, one of the quotes that I came across was with, uh, from Toni Morrison. And she writes that this is precisely the time when artists go to work. There is no time for despair, no place for self-pity, no need for silence and no room for fear. We speak, we speak, we speak, we do language. Essentially, we create. And that is how civilizations heal. And that's how I view education and educators as creative minds. In my perception, I believe education is, is an art form to me because it's, it's one where someone needs to critically and uniquely think to be able to impart an idea through a v- variety of mediums. And really to be able to like pivot and rebound in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. And 
boy, are we, you know, faced with adversity right now and the need to pivot and rebound. And, and this is, you know, I try to, I try to start off that quote with my conversation with grownups and, uh, and especially parents, just because just to get shine a little bit of hope on it, you know, and mm-hmm. in that as educators, we also have this responsibility to, to distill down these big ideas. Um, mm-hmm. And, but first and foremost, and you know, your program gets at it greatly to, to really rely on children's own wisdom and to really acknowledge that they have a keen sense of observation. They do. Mm -hmm. And we have to honor that. Otherwise it'll not develop, but to honor it, we don't have to so much label it as evoke it. Right. And, and this is what I want to hear from you, what your approach is. Yeah. And you know, at the, at the, at the very fundamental level for, and again, I'm speaking from a toddler perspective, um, their idea of society for the most part of children is home and school. And so they're really noticing that their society has been disrupted. Half of their society school is no longer accessible to them, or at least in the way that they're familiar with. And, and this is where I've talked about, you know, and it's funny, there's all this, these sayings about, this is our new normal. This is new normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for children, everything is sort of a new normal, especially mm-hmm. at the young age, right? Mm-hmm. And so for they're kind of e- like more easy and easily and better equipped to sort of roll with the punches. And, you know, what they do rely on, though, is a sense of security from their adults. And so when we are, when we are acting and reacting to things around children, there's a part of us that needs to make sure that we are acting and reacting in a way that we're going to want children to act and react, you know? So if we we're going to need to sort of model resiliency and, and, and really a sense of um, togetherness. And I believe that children will pick up on that as well and use their innate uh, capabilities as deep thinkers to, synthesize the information on their own and, and really trans transfer their own, their, their normalcies into a different situation. Um, one way that I've been able to do that in my toddler classroom is, you know, when a lot of my toddlers are home with their parents. And so we just said, Hey, here's our class schedule of what we do. This is what our day, our rhythm of the day looks like. And parents really just ate that up and just kind of like, Oh yeah you know, something so simple like that, like here's just model your day after, after the preschool day. And for the child, it, it gives them a sense of like, Oh yeah, I know, I know how this day goes. I know this rhythm. And for the adult, it gives them a sense of control in this situation that where there doesn't seem to be any control. And, and it just kind of gives a rhythm of the day that gives everybody a sense of grounding and a, and a, and a sense of know-how. Yeah, rhythms are so important for everyone. And I'm sure that people have gotten into those by now because we've been at this for so long. I'm very interested in how you, the language you use, the approach you use, because, you know, as a mother and a teacher, from my side, I always 
kind of, I think I went, I'm not sure if I went too far. I don't, I'm never quite sure about that, but I always felt that honesty was really important, but the, the, the mood, the, the mindset with which I uh, delivered that honesty was incredibly important. Yeah. Am I, does, okay, can you comment on something like that? Yeah. You know, and it's funny, I was having a conversation with, with a friend today that like, even as, even young children, just as we do as adults, we, we know when someone is generally speaking truth to us, or at least speaking in an authentic manner. Yes. And we feel it. And, yes. and children know that as well. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. That is a huge... oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, and I appreciate your enthusiasm with it because it's, <laughs> it's totally true. And, you know, um, yeah. and I think, again, we have to... Uh, so the way I distill down these big ideas, any big ideas, really, uh, but specifically with this COVID situation, is to first acknowledge that children are capable of understanding your, the truth. And, mm-hmm. and, and really, I tell grownups when, that, yes, this might feel scary. And we're a little hesitant to kind of like to what you said, we're hesitant. To, how much information do I give a child? You know, is it going to go over their head? Am I going to give them too much to develop anxiety or give them too much to, mm. to feel scared on? Well, really, it starts with you as the adult, right? Mm. And kind of like what you pointed out. And so first to acknowledge that they can handle it. And then when it does feel scary, fall back on the facts of what you know. And, and at the same time, be willing to model that you do not know some things. And that's okay. You know, and, and I think it models to children that it's okay to sit with complexity. It's okay to sit with things that are uncomfortable. It's okay to think about it and to just move on. Um, but to get to, to your question, the way I, the video I sent out to my toddlers and families is I'll just kind of, you know, think about what, what are the facts? And so I'll tell them, hey, raindrop room that's the name of the room you all have been home for so many stay home days i haven't been able to hug you i haven't been able to throw you in the air we haven't you know <laughs> we haven't been able to eat lunch together but and we are, we're only seeing each other on screens well we're doing that because of this thing called the covid-19 and this covid-19 is a virus this virus is sort of like a germ it can jump from one person to another. It just gets into people's bodies really fast when we don't wash our hands or if we are not catching our sneezes and coughs. And the kind and and the reason we're staying home is because right now there is no medicine for it. But doctors and scientists are working really hard on making that medicine. And this is why doctors and scientists are telling us to do something called social distancing, which you children already know because we say giving space. Like, you know, if and this is something we talk about in my class. It's like, oh, yeah. you need to give this person space. Well, that's yeah. what social distancing is. And um and then yeah, I I then I just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> and and then really and then kind of dive into uh, and this is why you might see people wearing masks more 
or when we come back to school, we're going to, some of us might be wearing masks and you'll still be able to see our face, maybe not see our mouths so much, but, um, you know, but it'll still be us. Just like when you change into a costume, it's still you under the costume. And so just kind of, again, you know, knowing that they'll be able to make sense of this information um, and that it, it, that it'll be a process for them to make sense of it. And as, as they experience life and the motions of these things, and like you said, you know, we've, I mean, what we're in, into this like a month or two now that they, they're, they're already rolling with it pretty well. And I think it's imperative that us adults give them real facts about what's going on. Yeah. I feel better from what you said. And I'm not kidding. I really do. Because <laughs> it was so clear. It was so real. It was so simple. It was not emotional this way or that way. You know, it was just a very clear picture. Here we are. Yeah. And we're together and we're dealing with it together. And there are people that are, that know how to eventually solve this problem and we can just wait together. And um, exactly. I, I, I loved your clarity and your uh, respectful tone and language. I, I just really appreciate that so much. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, and, and a lot of the times, like when I do in, in, in other situations as well, um, and I might've only ran into one situation so far when a child is feeling anxious and, and sort of scared. I, I feel like that's because it's coming from the adult, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. children, again, they are such keen observers of, of their societies. It, it yeah. gives them cues of how they need to react to things. Yeah. And so yeah. if we are not speaking the truth, you know, um, backed up by facts in a way, and or if we're not talking about it, and, and most of the times that does just as damage as much damage as telling them something scary. Oh God! Because yes. it communicates to them that something is wrong about this, right? right? And then if they have no information, they're just gonna piece it together for themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 this is where we can use a uh, one and a half to three three year olds um, development of being egocentric, and and I'm sure you've heard that term, and you know it's that that sort of like the world revolves around me. Everything is about me. And, and sure, that sounds negative, but I think we can also really actually see it as a strength in this particular um, instance. And, and really I, 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 I've been viewing it egocentricism as more of a mechanism for self-preservation. You know, we, we got to have a little bit of selfishness to, to, to know when we are okay. And, yeah. and the child, especially a young child, they want the information, but most importantly, they want to know that they're safe and secure and that they'll be cared for. And what I was going to say is, you know, when I'm picking up on a child feeling that way is to, again, just matter of factly tell them, yes, this is something that we don't know about and that's okay. My job as the adult in your life is to keep you safe and I will keep you safe because I care for you and I love you and I will make sure that you stay safe and strong, you know, and I think just stating those clear, this is my job. This is the line. Yeah. And this is how I'm going to participate in that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, 
I don't know if this, I don't know. I just have this idea to tell you what we do in our neighborhood every night at eight o'clock. I don't know if you have this in your neighborhood. There's howling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just kind of this, you know, this sense of we're all in it together. I yeah. mean, we're separated by trees and we can't see each other, but you know, there's just that wonderful togetherness that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just acknowledging the situation and having a good laugh and a good howl. And then another day has come to a close and we're all fine. Yeah. And, you know, I think on an individual uh, basis, like um, there's a release in that. You know? And yes. then and then you pair it with that you're doing this communal thing. I, I really yes. believe that it taps into something really deeply human and really sort of that primal nature of us. Right. Absolutely. It taps into that that human being that was before these computers and cars and whatnot, the really naturalistic part of ourselves. Right. Um, the part of us that wants to be, that wants to be, needs to be connected to each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Our neighborhood has, uh, or the neighborhoods around here in Seattle are, um, a lot of people go out and play their instruments, which, uh-huh. which is also a very, you know, making music for, music's sake and for the art expression is a very humanistic thing you know whereas a lot of other animals in the animal kingdom use it for communication or mating purposes humans do it as a form of expression you know it's a it's a release of the soul in a way absolutely and And when you do it together it's it's so so much more yeah yeah definitely oh so and so then oh no you go ahead (laughs) Well, um, I love this idea that one other point that uh, I know that you value is self-care. Mm-hmm. So, and God almighty, everybody knows that, how important that is for kids. So what kind of thoughts do you have on that? I, I know you're an outdoor kind of a guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I play music as well. Um, so, mm. and, and then, yeah, reading has been a big thing as well. And um mm. And, and yeah, I mean, we're, you know, that was the point I was going to bring up is because it felt like such a great segue of of just, I mean, if you, if you can't think of anything to do, just get outside and just howl. I mean, like (laughs) start there, right? Start at the very, just the basic of it. And, you know, if you're in a place where no one can see you, then, you know, all the better if you're feeling self-conscious about it. But you have to have some sort of release that you have to have just even just a small window of whatever that looks like for you as an individual to just, to, to just be, you know, and one of the best ways that I like to be is just to, you know, have everything off. And, and if I'm not around children, then all the, all the better um, to just, and just listen right to just listen to the noises around you and if you can be outside that's that's even better um and just kind of and this is that 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 whole concept of what's being thrown around now is mindfulness and just kind of just really taking even 30 seconds to to just listen to your surroundings and and the thing that i like to do is to even uh, or you know another simple thing is just clasp your hands together and feel your pulse in your hands and just just sit there and try to listen listen and feel your pulse for like 30 30 pulses you know and then just kind of and then go on about your day but really try to just be there and reconnect to to your senses and and i and i feel like that 
brings a, a sort of freshness to your being. Um, and, you know, self-care is going to look different for everybody. But the most important thing is to find whatever that is, because you can only be you can only be as effective for the children as you are for yourself, you know, so you have to be a hundred percent for your child or the children you care for, you know, to, to be able to, um, yeah, to be able to give them an authentic and meaningful experience in your relationship. Right. And that might sometimes look like, okay, you just let them just play in the, or play their video games or do whatever so that you can take that time for you and just be a total lazy blob or whatever. I have learned to not guilt trip myself when I have to just veg. Yeah. Because I've seen enough times that I come out on the other side and it's just like, ugh, that was disgusting. But oh my God, I feel so much better now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not proud of the fact <laughs> that I need to veg, but it, Sometimes that that's not always what does the trick. Sometimes it's all those other good things. But it's so interesting because when they're little, when we were all little, we were egocentric. And I think that sometimes this self-preservation can have that nasty uh, sense of egocentrism. But that, how would you define it differently so it doesn't get that negative association? Yeah, I guess I was, you know, kind of earlier defining it as like, uh, a mechanism for self-preservation. Yes. Know, so yeah. in a way, go ahead. Oh, no, you. Yeah. Well, in a way, they're the same, but it's just with more dimensions when we're grown up and it's more conscious and everything, but we have to honor it in the child and then the more developed part of it for us that has more dimensions and more room for what? Lightening up on ourselves? Yeah. What? Yeah, to not, you know, to remind yourself that like being in this world and having the life you have can be joyous and it can. um, And I know that's not the case for a lot of people in the world or even this nation. And, um, but I suppose for, for the audience possibly, you know, listening and on this is to really just try to figure out what, what your joyous moments are. And really, if you can't figure that out, try to figure out like what, what brought you joy as a child. You know, and, and try to recreate those things. Um, and yeah, <laughs> good, good. I mean, it's simple what you want to do, but I, I just appreciate your communication style with kids, and I think it can make all the difference in the world of a clear sense of today for the kids, or like a muddy kind of murky kind of thing and that's all the difference in the world yeah yeah i think it's okay to just um sort of embrace the gray right like not everything needs to be black and white not everything has to be perfect and really as an adult like give yourself some grace like just know that you're not going to always get it right and you know it every being a human is about being in process all the time or at least it should be you know you're you're always just always in motion I feel like. Right. I belong to this one group, uh, this mamahood group. Mm -hmm. And this one woman posted that her neighbor, or no, somebody was, her neighbor, I guess, uh, yelled, shut up, because she was yelling at her kids, brush your teeth! (laughs) (laughs) Go to bed! 
yeah. <laughs> just like she was able to laugh at herself and i think that you know we have to be able to do yeah. that yeah yeah and so, oh yeah and, I, and and one of the other things i was going to say is you know especially when you are just allowing yourself to to veg out or just letting the kids do the thing and instead of like you know, trying to manage every part of their, their behaviors or their time with you, especially when you're stuck indoors, just constantly ask yourself, what's more important, you know, in this situation? Is it more important that, that my children are having this, you know, awesome sensory experience? Granted, the floor might be getting a little dirty, but, you know, what's more important in, the, in those moments? And, right. and I feel like when you take a step back to, to question yourself, then you're, you know, hopefully able to find a a balance of of critical thinking and just and just being and that's a mindful moment yeah exactly yeah, yeah. those, those yeah. moments are they're 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 plent they're plentiful <laughs> they could be anywhere yes yes beautiful thank you Nick. hey thank you we'll talk again soon because you have another subject that I think is really important. So I I look forward to having that conversation too. I'm sure you have lots of subjects. Oh yeah. (laughs) So glad to know you and uh, we'll be in touch. Great. Thanks Nini. Thank you. Take care. If you have any questions around this challenge of communication with little ones, please share them on the Facebook page for this podcast. I will instantly communicate them to Nick and invite him back to share more of his warm-hearted, highly educated approach to early childhood education. In the meantime, just for fun, I've included a link in this show's notes to a wonderfully performed song for times like these, recorded by a fantastic group of today's talented artists, properly distanced, of course. Thank you.